from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez, America's favorite late night talk program, featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here with you till 1 a.m. Happy Friday, Friday edition of the program. Letting our hair down a little bit as we do on Fridays. The phone number if you want to join our late-night national town hall conversation, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And I want to get into this story about New York City. Now, you guys know I'm a native New Yorker, and I'm always feeling terrible about what's going on in my native city. Uh, Originally from Brooklyn, I live in Jersey now, right across the Hudson River, and it's a shame to see what's going on. Somebody waiting online to buy a pair of sneakers. Figure that. You go to buy a pair of kicks at Foot Locker, and you get shot. And who do you get shot by? Somebody who just crossed the, the border illegally, right? We got a Venezuelan illegal immigrant shoots at someone trying to rob was it a Foot Locker? One of these uh, shoe stores right in Times Square. This 15-year-old migrant, check this out, 15 years old, he suspected of shooting a tourist that was simply there waiting uh, waiting to uh, buy a pair of shoes, and he also shot at a police officer. This is a robbery gone wrong, they're saying. Happened in Times Square a couple hours earlier today. The United States Marshal's Office and their Joint Regional Fugitive Task Force and the uh, NYPD tracked this kid down. His name Jesus Alejandro Rivas Figueroa, and they found him in Yonkers less than 24 hours after the uh, mayhem that happened uh, just yesterday. They caught him today. Uh, Now, there were some photos that were obtained by the New York Post. Uh, You could take a look at those on my Twitter, at Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. I'll share it on as many as I can once we hit the break. Um, Just looking at this now, I saw the video of it a little while ago on Instagram. Uh, terrible. The kid looks sad. He's crying, you know, but you know, who told him to come here and he doesn't look like he's starving. He's got a nice gold chain on his hair is freshly cut. I don't understand why he'd have to go and shoot people at a, uh, at a shoe store. Anyway, there he is wearing uh this black t-shirt jeans and a gold chain taken into custody around three 30 in the afternoon, just about, uh, uh, several hours ago, he was crying because he was apprehended and he was, uh, you know, dealing with all of these horrible adult activities, and now the feds are crashing in on him. What did you think was going to happen? Shut up. Anyway, uh, I want you to hear what the NYPD had to say. Listen to this. If you think you could attack a member of this department, if you think you could threaten the lives of the very people who keep us safe, if you think you could put others deadly risk and get away with it, then think again. We will never stop pursuing you. We will find you and we will arrest you. And then we will do everything in our power to bring you to justice. The shooting incident last night in Times Square was way beyond reckless. In the middle of the busiest, most highly trafficked part of this city, a criminal with a firearm decided to pull the trigger. He shot at a store security guard who had stopped him for shoplifting, striking and injuring an innocent bystander. He shot the NYPD officers who pursued him through the streets of Midtown without a single thought of who he might hit 
or who he might kill. But just like we promised, less than 24 hours later, he's locked up and off our streets. That's the spokesperson for the New York City uh, Police Department. And listen, I got to tell you, you know, I'm looking here and it says that this kid is going to be charged as a juvenile with attempted murder of a police officer. Right. He shot at the cops. He missed the cop, but he hit somebody else. So he shot somebody and shot at the cops. And of course, Eric Adams and the Democrats and Alvin Bragg and every last pro-crime progressive prosecutor that's going to be dealing with this case is going to look this kid out by helping him. Right. 15 years old. Let me tell you, when you're 15 years old, you know full well that when you shoot at a cop, you're playing with your life. He's lucky he's alive. And now on top of that, it's like he hit the lotto. They're going to charge him as a juvenile. I think that's wrong. If this were my kid, I would say lock her up and throw away the key. Anybody that's going to shoot at a cop and shoot at people, everybody knows what guns do. You don't pull out a gun unless you're ready to use it. Anyway, that's what's happening here. Compliments of your friend Joe El Baboso Biden and his open border, letting everybody that he can let from every part of the world, including China, including um, Yemen, who uh, I don't know if you've checked. They've been blowing us up lately. And of course, uh, Venezuela coming right across the border. And here we go. Now, it says he's most likely going to be charged as a juvenile with attempted murder of a police officer. And the case will either go to criminal court or it might stay in family court. Look at that. So maybe they'll just send him to a group home. A guy that shoots at a cop, 15 years old. 15 years old, you could shoot a cop and you get away with it in New York City. You think that's going to happen again? Do you think this type of sentence is going to deter the next 15-year-old from shooting at a cop? All I can tell you is there's a cop here in the photo that I have here in the New York Post. There's a cop wearing a helmet and like a flak jacket or a bulletproof vest. Uh, another cop, bulletproof vest. Every cop in that picture and this kid, they're all the same size. He only looks a couple of years younger because the cops are relatively young men. And that's how they do it now, right? You come across the border, you come to this country, you shoot people that are just trying to buy a pair of shoes, and then you get a slap on the wrist and you go to family court as a juvenile. Unbelievable. And there's video of him, there's video of him actually committing the crime. Surveillance footage. Unbelievable. The moment that he pulled out the gun to shoot the tourist and to shoot at the cop. Now, uh, the new police commissioner of NYPD, Edward Caban, Puerto Rican guy from the Bronx, he says that he uh, commended, he obviously commended the police department for uh, getting this guy less than a day after he, you know, did all this uh, terrorizing in Times Square. And he said, if you think an attack on this department, this could threaten the lives of every single person that helps to keep the city safe. If you think you could put others at deadly risk and get away with it, think again. And uh, and you heard the uh, the audio of that. Unbelievable. It's just absolutely unbelievable to me that this is where we are today and, and not even a small caliber gun, 45 caliber. Firing it right into a crowd. I mean, if this kid is not locked up forever or at least the next 20 years, 25. He'll be free in his youth to continue to do exactly what he showed us he can do. Now, you tell me if this is what America needs today. You tell me if I'm crazy because I say, I think we should shut the border. I don't think we should bring in kids from Venezuela that are looking to shoot people up in New York City. 
I think we should pause immigration. I think most of you agree. Anyway, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, of all things, Taylor Swift and the Super Bowl. We're also going to get into some conversation on a couple of other interesting topics. I want you to keep it locked right here if you want to join me. Here's the number, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, amigos, welcome back, familia. And I want to get your opinion on what's going on in America at night. Let's go to the phones, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. Let's go over to the East Coast, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, KDKA, America's oldest radio station. Let's check in with our buddy Jim. Jim, what's going on? You're on with Rich Valdez. Yeah, Rich, uh, great show. Um, Thank you. People don't understand about Venezuela. When Maduro was there, he took over. They nationalized Sitco. That's the oil. There's the country. They're eating out of garbage cans, okay? When they're coming across, there's 15-year-olds like a 25-year-old had been in prison once with one one, stolen a car, okay? Mm -hmm. And there's an old thing. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard it. You divide and conquer. Yeah. Okay? They want this to happen. They could stop the border crisis tomorrow. Trump did it basically by enforcing it. They don't need this stupid bill where they repackage the stuff. No. This is by design. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, anyone who thinks otherwise is naive. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of people that are that naive either. I I think uh, we're just, I think it's just a lot of people that are in shock and a lot of people that are afraid and they don't know what to do because they're like, wow, you're not supposed to do that. And they keep doing it and they keep doing it and they keep doing it. And it's almost like, it happens under the cover of night, and it really does, right? So much of these airlines, you know, people are coming across the border. Nobody's really looking, even though there's cameras everywhere. It's kind of like just another story. And when somebody asks a question, somebody like Kamala Harris, que mala eres, the vice president, uh, will say something like, well, you know, if we didn't destabilize the Northern Triangle during the Reagan administration, this wouldn't even be happening, right? And then people like AOC, all out crazy, our least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, she'll chime in and say the same thing, that, you know, we, we, they're coming here because they need to feed their families. And meanwhile, this guy's feeding his family by shooting someone in Times Square and shooting at a cop. And he's 15 years old. And you're right. Things are very rough in Venezuela. When, when uh, the issue with Sitco went down, you know, the, the United States had a, a refinery there. When the United States uh, pulled out and that refinery got shut down, uh, Russia stepped in, as did China. And that's who's refining all of the oil. And, of course, you know, commies flock together, right? Birds of a feather flock together. So there they are, and they've just continued to break things. I recently went to the neighboring country. I was in Medellin, Colombia, uh, this month, or actually last month, right? Uh, the first week of um, of January this year. And... Um, 
one of my cab drivers was uh, Venezuelan, and he was telling me how difficult it was and how bad everything is. And and he was saying, you know, Colombia's on its way to being the next one. And I said, really? Wow. I thought, you know, things were booming here, tourism. And, and he said, you know, the problem is once he said communism kills and socialism destroys. And and the, the current uh, regime in Colombia is leans that way. And his assessment was it's it's going to come crumbling down. Maybe not now, maybe five years, 15 years. But if if it doesn't change, that's where it goes. So you figure people are eating out of garbage cans and then they're coming here and they're robbing shoe stores and shooting people because this is what they know. They're coming from abject poverty. And one has to ask the question, what is it that our president, who we love to call on this program, Joe El Baboso Biden, what is it that Joe is thinking when he says, all right, you know, let's take the people, the 15-year-olds that are willing to shoot people in Times Square Let's bring them into the country because we need that. Now, obviously, we don't need that. And you're right. They, they could shut down the border anytime they want. They don't because they want these people. They want to destabilize what's going on. Why? I don't know. I mean, everybody has a different idea. They want new voters. They want them to be Democrats. They want this and they want that. All I know is I don't know, other than James Lankford and maybe one or two other Republicans, there's very few that support this type of crazy. This is bedlam. It's absolutely insane. And I think you're you're um, you're spot on when when you um, when you point this out that things are bad in Venezuela. And if things are bad in Venezuela, you know, there's two schools of thought there. One of them says, well, if things are really bad, then we should be taking these people in to help them out. And the other school of thought is, well, things are really bad. So don't let them in. I'm I'm part of the latter (laughs) because I think, you know, if 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 you're used to a certain way of life and you're willing to come here and rob people and shoot them in a shoe store in Times Square, a crowded area, then you're probably not the person I want to be my neighbor. And if we have a right, then we probably need to uh, come on the side of saying, no, that's no good, no bueno. That's at least my thought, Jim. I appreciate your thoughts on this one. And uh, if, if you had to to take a guess, would you say that Biden pulls out of the race because he's doing so miserably, or do you think he sees it through and gets demolished by Trump? Uh, well, yeah, um, but Colombia, it's happening too. I ran into somebody from Colombia actually, and I was talking to him. They said the cartel from uh, Mexico is controlling Colombia now. I don't know about that, but oh, brother, I appreciate your call. Let's go to George. George is on. Let's see, KSDN, Aberdeen, South Dakota. South Dakota's in the building. Uh, let's go to George. George, you're on with Rich Valdez. Go right ahead. Hey, Rich. How are you, man? I'm doing great, man. Happy Friday, bro. Happy Friday to you, too. Looking forward to a Super Bowl. Listen, I got, <laughs> and Taylor I got Swift, right? Here's a, <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, hey, Taylor Swift, yeah. Here's a question. This 15-year-old kid, where did he get this 45 caliber pistol? Well, I would imagine since they don't let legal citizens have guns in New York, uh, it's probably pretty easy to get on the street. Oh, absolutely. Now, here, here's the thing. You know, politicians will sit there and they'll flip-flop on what they try to tell you. They'll, they'll do one agenda, and then when the elections come up, they change their entire uh, uh, verbiage to hoping that everybody forgets about things. Right. But one thing politicians never, ever forget 
And you know what? I, I'm not from the Dakotas. I'm actually working here, but I'm from South Florida. And oh, I love South I Florida. Miami. I, I, so do I. I mean, my entire family's still there. And I lived in Miami in 1980 when the Mario oh. boat lift happened. Yeah, it's when the, that was, gave birth to the cocaine cowboys. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was watching Griselda the other night, and I watched a scene where they're going into the into the liquor store. I go, I remember that. That's a Daveland. I remember the <laughs> cocaine cowboys shootout. Yeah, crazy stuff, right? And oh yeah, and listen, we had our fair share down there in the eighties. But what's going on right now? Because they're so dispersed, and they're not just in New York. We're hearing about New York. They're not just in New York. They're all over the country, and they're hitting middle America because oh, yeah. they're being let in with no, with, with no, not just no documents. I myself, I wasn't born here. Okay, yeah. I was an immigrant in the nineteen in the late seventies. I became a citizen. My entire family became citizens. We worked through everything. I went to a very prominent college, and I paid for it by going to work. I didn't Good go and you. expect the government to take care of me. And yeah. when I sit back and I look at all this crap, I'm going, are you kidding me that we're giving them first? We're giving them credit cards because they don't like the peanut butter jelly that we're giving them or the bologna sandwiches. <laughs> we're giving them credit cards. We're putting them up in a $500 a night hotel that I can't even afford to spend when I go out and I work. And the and again, to get back to my original thing, the only thing politicians understand right. is getting voted in. And what affects their pocket? Yeah, and then they they got to figure out the next lie so that they can do what they've got to do. And you know, it's it's a game of platitudes, right? It, they're, they're tickling the ears, uh, selling you sweet nothings to to get your vote. And George, it's it's crazy the way they do things. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm listening, and, and I, I heard you talking about Joe Biden. We'll get to that in a minute. What I personally think is that everybody that is affected by any of these illegal aliens in any shape or form, they need to start suing the individuals that are allowing them to continue, like Bragg, Bragg, okay, but not sue them through the state or the city. Sue them individually and personally. Yeah, excellent point. George, the music means we gotta go. Thank you for the call. Godspeed to you. You sound like a wonderful American. You're a, pen, a patriot and a scholar. I appreciate it. Thank you for your call. Big shout out to George Jorge in Aberdeen, South Dakota, KSDN. We're going to get to your calls and more straight ahead. Plus, we've got the scoop on Taylor Swift, plus a little lot more. Don't go anywhere. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen.
additional threats, incredible threats, that are related to Taylor Swift. We uh, are extraordinarily vigilant when we bring 65,000 people together in a stadium, when we have 330,000 people visiting a city for a major sporting event, and when we have millions of people around the world watching it. Our priority is the safety and security of everyone in attendance, and that is what we are focused upon. And when there's an additional celebrity who will bring more attention, we are already at a heightened state of vigilance and fulfilling our responsibility just as we do every single day. So there you have it. That's Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas. Yep, the same guy that's been uh, dealing with impeachment all week. His number one concern was that the threats against Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl, well, those those were taken care of. There are no active threats. She is safe. Everybody, Taylor Swift is going to be safe at the Super Bowl. And uh, thank you, I guess, Secretary Mayorkas. The things that we worry about in our country, right? Now, again, I think there was an active threat. There were like overhead aerial objects or whatever, uh, drones and whatnot. So that, that's, uh, I guess, somewhat warranted. And I want to talk a little bit more about Taylor Swift and the Super Bowl. But before we do and talk about uh, the NFL haters, I want to talk about what's going on with El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, El Presidente. And there's a really good article that I saw uh, titled, Censorship industrial complex looms over 2024 election as Trump gains momentum. And it's written by Bobby Burak. And Bobby Burak is with us. He's the analyst and columnist from Outkick.com covering culture and politics and media. Welcome, sir. Rich, happy to be here. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. I appreciate you being here and staying up late on a Friday night uh, to talk with uh, us and the amigos that are out there. So I, w- I want to talk about this piece, and I, there's another piece you wrote that I want to talk about, so anybody listening, yeah. stick around. But this piece on, on Trump and, and all of the, um, the, the censorship around him, uh, I love how you kind of weave into sports and you get out of sports and you go into culture and you go into politics. You're a real renaissance man, and, uh, and I think that's it. great. Yeah, it really is really good stuff. And if folks, if, if you're not familiar, you should be. But if you're not, uh, make sure you check out his columns and follow him on all the social media. I'm about to do the same thing during the break. And listen to this. So Donald Trump, uh, being the 2024 nominee, he's he's going through things we've never seen before, right? Tell us a little bit about your piece. Yeah, so I follow betting odds for the presidential election because I found in 2016 and 2020, they were more accurate than polling. But right now, there seems to be a consensus in the odds makers in the polling that not only is Donald Trump going to be the Republican nominee, which he is, bearing something totally unforeseen, he is the favorite to win the general election. And a lot of conservatives, particularly in the media, are really confident he's going to win it. And I'm not that confident, and not because I don't think the American people would prefer him over Biden, but because of the systems in place that I think is going to make it harder for him to win than Biden like it was in 2020. Now, let's just talk about what we know, because there's a lot of theories and hypothesis of what happened in 2020. So let's just stick to what we can prove. And that is government agencies pressured social media Mm -hmm. services, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and also Instagram, 
to meddle in the distribution of information. There was a House Judiciary filing in November that laid that argument out, proved it, and cited communications between these government agencies and tech platforms. Well, that wasn't that big of a revelation. It was more just confirmation. We saw in Twitter files last year those communications. Mark Zuckerberg admitted that he censored the Hunter Biden laptop expose because of a warning from the FBI. And that is what we call the censorship industrial complex. When you have government agencies pressuring tech platforms to intercept the average American's ability to access factual information and to come full circle, what do we conclude? What does the evidence say? That those interferences disproportionately benefited Joe Biden in 2020. Republicans are well aware of that, but what have they done to stop it from happening again? They haven't done anything. That is such a disgrace. Very poignant and, and the way you pointed it out, but it really is. It's terrible to see what's happening. And I feel like we're on a slippery slope and we're going in the wrong direction. Folks, I want to remind you that uh, we're having a discussion on politics, culture and sports with our guest, Bobby Burrick from Outkick, Outkick.com. He's a columnist there. He covers a lot of a number of things. And you're right. We, we've seen this. Uh, I love the way you put it. The censorship industrial complex that's out to uh, put every obstacle they can in front of somebody that appears, I guess, to I'm going to call them um, the radical left as unstoppable. And he appears unstoppable to them because not because he's got unlimited money or because he's very wealthy. It's really because his backing comes from the people. You know, when the guy does a rally, everybody shows up. There's a lot of people. I don't see anybody else that gets the the kind of wide appeal that that um, Trump gets. And I, I find this remarkable. I'm a New Yorker, native New Yorker. And I can tell you that I've never seen so much enthusiasm around uh, a Republican running for president as I have for Trump. I was doing a TV show on Newsmax with uh, someone who had just finished a stand-up, a man-on-the-street interview in the Bronx, and they were showing me the raw footage of it, and they were like, you know, I, I interviewed f any five people I could find, and every single one of those five people literally said, F Joe Biden. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> definitely sounds like the Bronx, but it also is just like, wow, I've never heard of such a thing where people would, you know, say F any Democrat because it's such it's an 87% Democrat area. But, Bobby, that's what's happening. And now we just saw Fox News do something similar in um, in Brooklyn. And, again, a bunch of black men in a barbershop. And they said, yeah, look, we're not messing with Biden. You know, we know Trump. We're relatively young. This is our first or second election voting for president. And uh, things were better. People had money when Trump was around. And do you think that's part of the reason that there's so much censorship? Or does it go deeper? Well, I think it's, look, they have made it. When I say they, it's really the left that's in power. The powers that be believe that they are in the right, that it's their moral duty to not let Donald Trump control this country. They think they're in the right by taking that decision out of the hands of the people. So they don't care if they violate rules or laws. They just want to, they just want to make sure he does not return to power. Look what they've done. I mean, they have indicted him. They've impeached them. They've arrested them. They've raided their home. They raided his home. They pushed our Russia hoax for three and a half years. 
lies. Um, so they don't really care about anything but the end result, which is infringe on his ability to win an election fairly. But I want to highlight this to people because the article that I wrote, like whenever I write something, you have people look on Daily Beast and stuff say, oh, this doesn't mean anything. This is just uh, who cares, right? These are private companies making decisions. That doesn't apply here. Let me lay it out why. The government cannot legally censor ordinary American speech, right? That's what the First Amendment means. But what we have here is the government mm-hmm. subverting the Constitution by strong-arming places like Facebook to do censorship on their behalf. Well, when you can prove that, that means Facebook is not acting as a private company no more. They are acting as a state actor, which can be sued as such for violating First Amendment rights. Hmm. So this is actually a constitutional concern. It's no longer private companies making decisions. So people that dismiss that are out of the loop and do not understand the severity of what's happening here. Yeah. And, you know, it's a good point because, I mean, private companies do have a right to do a number of things. They do. Uh, But the line does get drawn. And and we saw that with um, with this case, uh, the Wisconsin case, where the government intervened. And then on behalf of the government, the company was acting, which therefore they're not acting of their own accord. They're acting on behalf of the government. And I I don't remember exactly what the judge said, but he said this was like one of the biggest uh, offenses uh, to free speech that we'd ever seen in the history of our country, 247 years. So I think you're, you're spot on Bobby Burak. Uh, Stick with us folks. We're on with Bobby Burak from outkick.com. He's a columnist covering the media, politics and sports. And we're going to get into what is the big to do with Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl? I mean, come on, really? I, I, I could care less. I probably won't even watch the game. I might not even see the halftime show. But if there's a really good party, I might just go, you know, to socialize. But we're going to find out more about that uh, from Bobby and his piece that's uh, on this uh, particular topic when we come back. Plus your calls and more. 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Uh, by the way, your ratings are up. Congratulations. I had somebody. It's always nice to check. I like to see, even if they're friends, I like to see how are they doing. Are people listening, right? That's but right. You're, you're doing great. America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, we're on with Bobby Burak. He is a columnist with Outkick.com. He covers sports, media, and politics. And... Earlier, we played a clip of Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, giving a press conference in Las Vegas saying, all right, don't worry about it, everybody. I'm on the scene. I'm here. The border is wide open, but the Super Bowl is secure. And he says that there are no active threats against the Super Bowl. So Taylor Swift and other celebrities will be safe. Well, thank God for Mayorkas, right? Bobby Burak Um, what is going on? You have a really good piece here on Taylor Swift. Tell us what's the big deal. Yeah, it's one of the bigger cultural phenomenons, probably in the lifetime of anybody, I'd say under 
30. Um, and it become a political issue uh, as a lot of pretty much everything is now, which whatever. But um, I think the big story here is that the NFL is criticized by both the left and the right for being biased towards the one side. The NFL at its core just wants to make money, make yeah. a lot of money and make it any way possible. And Taylor mm-hmm. Swift is big money. Why do I say that? Because they're setting record ratings right now because of her. Um, if you dig into the numbers, the NFL has experienced a boom period in women, or females 12 to 17 years old. Well, that's not just a coincidence, right? See, the NFL, like any business, when you're massive, the one issue you run into is it's hard to grow, right? Because everybody who watches the NFL is pretty much already an NFL fan. So the one way to garner extra interest and show growth is to attract a demographic that wasn't watching previously. That's what Taylor Swift is doing. So that's the real reason why the NFL is leaning so heavily into her. You know, there's an old saying, it's always about the money. And when it's not about the money, it's about the money. (laughs) And that that couldn't be more true, right, Bobby? So, yeah, I think you, you make a great point here. And it's a brilliant one, right? The NFL, you know, we may, some people may not like them, but um, Bobo no song, right? They're not stupid, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and look, uh-huh. when the right gets criticized, and this is, I, I believe this is probably what you're referring to that I wrote about, um, and like the left will say, hey, this is proof the right is kooky. Look what they're saying about Taylor Swift because it tends to be conservatives who don't like her presence. But I would say to that is, there's really three groups of people complaining about Taylor Swift. They're not all conservatives. One is the people joking around, right? She's the biggest star in the world. She's dating a football player. It's kind of fun to root against her. The chiefs are the enemies, right? So it's fun to rag on her on social media. Those people are harmless. Then there's group two, which is people like me who are football fans that, don't really care about her. We're not losing sleep over them showing her, but we would rather see a replay or somebody talk about the bad officiating than show Taylor Swift dancing in the suite. Then there are the grifters, right? The people saying that she's a psyop put down here to help Biden get elected. <laughs> Those guys are grifting, right? They don't really know. They're, they're not serious. They're not sincere and they don't make a lot of sense. Now, look, I don't, rule out many conspiracies. I've written several articles, including one we just referenced, about how I think a rig job is going to be in place to help Biden. But Taylor Swift and the NFL are not in on that. Trust me. Yeah. Listen, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, when I heard that the other day, uh, I thought to myself, that's funny. <laughs> and I was uh, talking with our producer in the control room and, and we, we came up with the, um, with the, I guess the bottom line that I, I don't think she can really help Biden win. I mean, she's she she endorsed him in his last run. She's endorsed pretty much all the Democrats. I think she might have endorsed um, one Republican along the way somewhere. But it, for the most part, it's it, it's not making or breaking elections, right? Well, that's one argument. But the argument too is that she's in cahoots with the NFL. We just established half of football fans don't like her for her to endorse Biden during the Super Bowl, that might actually hurt Joe Biden because all the football fans that are so annoyed of her might say, wait a minute, if she's supporting that 
senile lunatic, we're going to vote against her. Right. So no, I don't think that. That she can. I don't think she can help Joe Biden. I'm with you completely. Yeah, maybe that's why he decided not to go. Right, he was going to do an interview <laughs> at the Super Bowl. He said, "Hey, I'm not. I'm not, well, not going." Well, I think that is because he is, in all honesty, incapable of making himself look good. I mean, he doesn't speak well. He's not eloquent. We saw the report this week. It seems like he's in obvious cognitive decline, as we can see. Yeah. So I think it was smart of his team keep him as far away from that stage as possible. Bobby, I want you to stick with me for one more segment, if you can, just for a couple of minutes. I want to let everybody know how they could follow you on social media and uh, get your columns. Can you stick around? Absolutely. You got it. Folks, we're on with Bobby Burak from Outkick.com. Don't move a muscle. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, familia, welcome back, amigos. Rich Valdez here with you till 1 a.m. Our phone number, 833-4825-337, 833-4-VALDEZ is the phone number. And we're on with Bobby Burak from Outkick.com. And Bobby, in the minute or two that we have remaining, how did you get involved in commenting on politics, culture, sports, and media? Oh, I appreciate you asking. Yeah, so uh, I was writing uh, just actually for a sports site um, three and a half years ago, and Clay Travis, who founded Outkick, who uh, does the Rush Limbaugh show now, uh, was yeah. going to expand Outkick. He wanted to talk about politics, sports. This was during COVID in 2020, and uh, that's the first person he reached out to and said, hey, I think there's a real market demand for the perspective you can provide on politics, culture, sports, the pandemic, the media. And uh, yeah, I joined in May of 2020, um, did it for about a year. Fox bought us a year later. We're under the Fox News umbrella now. And uh, I mean, it's gone very well. And I think uh, more than anything, what we've tried to do, or at least me and the vision that Clay laid out is give a voice to the people who are not represented in the media. And I always try to keep that in mind as somebody who grew up in a really small town, graduated with 32 people to that. It's a big country out there and not everybody's voice is platform. So it's our job to give them that platform. Amen to that. You're doing a great job of it. Let everybody know how they could keep up to speed with the work that you're doing and how they could follow you on social. Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter, uh, especially at Breck, Bobby underscore. My name is taken, so I have to use that dumb handle, but they can uh, find me there, uh, outkick.com. I do a lot of interviews throughout the week, so you never know where I'll pop up. But I really appreciate the time tonight. I uh, hope to do it again and uh, appreciate all the support. You bet, brother. We'll definitely have you back. You did an amazing job. Uh, Godspeed to you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll talk again soon. All right, man. You have a good weekend. You got it. Folks, we're coming right back. We're going to talk about what's going on in the Middle East with a former United States diplomat and uh, principal deputy assistant secretary of energy for international affairs. Don't go anywhere. It's me, Rich Valdez, with you till 1 o'clock. And the phone number, 833-4-VALDEZ. Don't go anywhere.
live from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez, America's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Our phone number, if you want to join us on our late night national town hall conversation, feel free to give us a call, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. It's Friday night, I'm with you till 1 a.m. on the Eastern Time. And uh, we've been talking about a bunch of things, including the Super Bowl. We've talked about um, the uh, censorship on the Trump election. And I want to talk about what's going on in the Middle East a little bit. Uh, one of our our buddies is a former diplomat for the United States, uh, Bart Marcois, and he was principal deputy assistant secretary for international affairs at the Department of Energy. And we see so much happening in the Middle East. We see all this uh Back and forth, there's going to be a ceasefire. There's not going to be a ceasefire. Everybody wants a ceasefire. Nobody wants a ceasefire. Everything is all over the place, yet the bad guys keep doing what they're doing. Nobody's asking the bad guys to stop doing what they're doing. It just seems like they just want Israel to stop what they're doing. And it's very one-sided. It doesn't look like it's going to work. Kudos to Netanyahu for standing his ground and, and not giving in to the pressure because, you know, it's, it's kind of like somebody's punching you in the face. And then you start punching them back, and they're going, hold on, come on, stop punching the guy in the face. No, we'll tell him to stop punching me, right? I mean, it's just it's just so asinine. To put it in the most uh, simplistic way, that's how I can do it. And I want to talk about a piece that uh, that I saw in AM Greatness. And I'm going to bring Bart Marcois in to uh, discuss that with us. Uh, Bart Marcois, welcome to the program, sir. Hey, Rich. It's nice to talk to you again. Thanks for Likewise. having me on. Yes, sir. My pleasure. So let's uh, let's chat a little bit. I know that you have some thoughts on on what is going on in Gaza and in Israel, and you have a piece that you wrote uh, for American Greatness, amgreatness.com, titled Hamas on View, 41 Minutes of Horror from October 7th, and you chronicle Israel's war against Hamas in the Gaza Strip, and you're saying it's not for vengeance for October 7th, it's thoroughly a defensive war to eradicate Hamas, the organization that's pledged to kill every last Israeli. And this is a topic I think we've talked about on this program a number of times. But I feel like you, you have it from a, a you presented it here from a, a different perspective. Tell us more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I, ha- I, I know I have an unusual perspective and it might be unique. The, the thing is, I'm a former what they call State Department Arabist. That means I spent uh, 10 years working in the Middle East with Arabs, four, five different Arab countries. I'm fluent in Arabic. I have hundreds of Arab friends. I like them. None of them are like those, those terrorists on October 7th. Right. But it's very unusual for a State Department Arabist to also be, as I am, a Zionist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my Arab friends uh, would... You know, when they first learned that I was very supportive of Israel, the state of Israel, of Jews in general, um, 
that they they didn't like it. But they got over it. The Arabs got over it. Eventually, they said, okay, fine, we're not going to argue with you anymore. We understand you have your opinion. You know, all you Americans are Zionists, and you're the only one who admits it. And I said, well, I wish it were true. It isn't. Um, because the people who couldn't forgive me for that were my colleagues, my American colleagues. A lot of them were very anti-Semitic, and that's why they were drawn to the Middle East in the first place. And, and uh, so I bring to talking about Israel and the Arab-Israeli conflict an understanding of the Arab side that not even 1% of the population has. Uh, very I, I, Yes, very unique. And so what I saw, I, I was invited with a bunch of Christian leaders to the Israeli embassy in Washington to watch the raw footage of the atrocities committed on October 7th. And this came from, most of it came from GoPro cameras that the terrorists themselves wore as body cams or they had mounted on the uh, dashboard of cars that they were, that they were driving or from their cell phones or from their social media where they uploaded this footage. Uh, some of it came from CCTV, uh, from people's homes or from, you know, a walled uh, compound of a, of a settlement or a kibbutz. It was, it was chilling. And I'll stop there for letting you go on. But that's yeah, my no, introduction. I, I think uh, you're just starting to get going here with, uh, with what you're describing. And I, I think it's, um, this is one of those things that, I think we, we can't give enough attention to. Very important that we kind of um, highlight what's actually happening because people, uh, I think, for the most part, there's a public relations or misinformation war going on where people are seeing one side of the story oftentimes. I think somebody recently, mm-hmm. I saw a report or I heard a report where somebody was saying the um, the amount of disinformation or I guess pro-Hamas in disinformation that's on on uh, social media, swaying the public, uh, basically mm-hmm. making the IDF out to be the aggressor because they're the big bad wolf, so to speak, uh, that, you know, it doesn't matter how many women they raped or villages they went and torched. Uh, you, you, they only killed a thousand people or whatever it was and or two thousand people. Mm-hmm. And now the, the the death toll on the other side is up to whatever. I had one of your colleagues, somebody from the uh, former State Department official on, and, and I said, you know, how do you see this thing ending? He said, well, the first thing we've got to do is get the, the IDF to stop killing women and children. And, you know, after I picked up my jaw from the floor, I was like, well, well what makes you think that that's what they're doing? I mean, the IDF is a professional fighting force. Every professional fighting force that's out there knows that there's uh, rules of engagement. There's uh, Geneva conventions. You, you have to follow these rules. And, it, it, you know, without a, a trial, without anybody, maybe just a couple of states, uh, nation states saying, you know, we think that Israel is a war criminal. And everybody just goes with it. You know, it's like judge, jury, executioner. You're wrong when you were the one that got hit in the first place. I, I don't get yeah. it. Bart Marcois. Yeah, it, it's like, it's like I, I loved your analogy. Somebody's punching you in the face and you punch them back. Only I'm going to change it a little. You come along and you see somebody punching a woman or a child in the face. Or you see him raping or trying to kill um, a woman or a child or 
or some unarmed person, and you disarm the fellow, and you knock him down, and you keep knocking him down, and you keep knocking him down, because as soon as he gets up, he goes back to trying to killing the innocent people. And somebody comes along and sees you and says, why are you knocking that poor guy down? Get off of him, you big bully. Right. Um, and, and that's what's happening. And when I, when I said it's a thoroughly defensive war, that's what I'm talking about. What we saw on October 7th is that if you, if you, let, the, if you let Hamas into Israel, they will kill Jews. Um, right. And, and that's what they live for. That's what they want to do. They're, they're you know, in the, in the article, I recounted a lot of the really, you know, chilling details. I tried to do it as what I am. I'm a trained professional observer. That's what diplomats do, uh, among other things. And I tried to go into my full mode of simply being a dis- dispassionate uh, re- recorder and reporter of, of what I saw. Um, and and I, I won't go into a lot of detail about the atrocities. I, I will say just a little so that your listeners understand what it's like. Um, we, saw, we, saw them, we saw them drive up, uh, walk up to people, and the people looked at them as if they were saying, well, what can we do for you? And as they were looking at them, they shot them first in the stomach, then in the head, because they wanted them to feel pain. Um, and they wanted them to, to, to live through the surprise and the pain of that first shot. And then somebody, you know, off camera would shout, in the head, in the head, in the head. And so they'd shoot him a couple of times in the head and move on to the next victim. We saw them driving that we saw them walking along and as cars were coming down the road, they would stand out in front and wave them down. And these cars stopped and thinking, what, who is this person waving me down with a, with a rifle? Is it IDF? Who is this? Uh, and as they were rolling to a stop, the terrorist would shoot them, uh, kill the driver, pull everybody out, shoot them and make sure they were dead take the car and move on or leave the car there, just drag the bodies out on the ground. We saw them go into people's homes. And um, the, the one that, that I can't forget is the father and two sons. They're in briefs. They're running away, around. They obviously just got out of bed, and they're, they're looking for someplace safe, someplace to hide. They know that it's, the, 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 the camera is inside the, uh, the house, and and they go outside and there's another camera outside because they've got you know security cameras around their uh around their their home and they run into a garden shed and 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 nothing happens for maybe 40 seconds and then you see a terrorist come and lean over a gate and throw a grenade against a wall opposite the door of the shed and the grenade bounces off that wall into the shed and you you, you know, the, the camera shakes and, and you hear a muffled sound right. and the father's body comes tumbling out. Ah, and then the two horrible. little boys, these are like eight and nine year olds. They come out and they run into the house and the, the, oh, they didn't come out. The terrorist went up and grabbed them, pulled them out, shoved them in. And then he goes in and he opens the fridge and starts pulling things out to get something to drink because he was thirsty as casually 
as if he'd been out gardening and uh, and just wanted to refresh himself. And we didn't see what happened to those two little boys. We saw a room full of young women um, and some young boys that were being held. They mercifully, the people showing the, the footage, cut out about 10 minutes of the footage. I learned from other people who have seen the, um, that footage is that room full of, of young women and young boys were all uh, sexually assaulted, all raped, all sexually mutilated, oh um, either before or after death. Uh, and, and all of it was recorded on camera. And here's the thing. Why? Why were they recording all of this? Oh, uh, bragging that's rights, the right? chilling question. Bragging yeah, they're, they're relishing yeah. in this. Bart Marcoy, hang on. I want to take a quick pause right here and come back with this uh, horrific, chilling story and your really good piece in the AmericanGreatness.com uh, website. Folks, we're on with Bart Marcoy. He's a former United States diplomat, uh, principal deputy assistant secretary for international affairs. And we're going to uh, also come back and... Um, Learn a little bit more about how you could keep up with Bart Marcois and the work that he's doing. Don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. response in Gaza in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top there you have President Biden who I like to call Joe El Baboso Biden and of course Baboso means bumbling drooling idiot and Bart Marcois do you agree with President Biden that the response from Israel has been over the top uh, no no, I don't. Um, that he's he's mischaracterizing the response. People people use this word proportionality when they're talking about this, and they don't understand what it means. In warfare, proportionality is talking about um, it's something you take into account as a as a as a military officer or as a soldier. You're you 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 calculate the risk of civilian casualties when you're taking out a military target. And what they're talking about is the, the level, you balance the level of risk of collateral damage of civilian casualties against the military value of the target. And if it's a very, very high military value, you take a slightly higher, you accept a higher threshold of risk of civilian casualties. That's what proportionality is talking about. That, and military officers have, you know, hundreds of hours talking about this and how to avoid civilian casualties. The IDF does that. Every professional military force in the world does that. 
what people are saying, like people like Joe Biden and and these these, you know, young people who are taken in by this, they're saying, well, proportionality means the terrorists killed twelve hundred Israelis. And so that means the Israelis should be satisfied once they've killed twelve hundred Palestinians. Like it's some when sort does of war transactional. It doesn't work that way. And 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 talk about devaluing human life. The people devaluing human life are the ones that are saying, "Okay, they killed twelve hundred. You killed twelve hundred, and then we call it even." Uh, it's like that old Monty Python sketch where. You know, the guy says, let's not get all caught up in who killed who. <laughs> right, right, right. You Bring know? out your dad. Bring out your dad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and so they, they, when I say it's a thoroughly defensive posture, when, when you live literally a hundred yards away from, from a million people that want to do this to you, that want to kill you in a spectacularly brutal fashion uh, and celebrate your death, you cannot take a chance. Once they have done that, what they did on October 7th was reveal what kind of people they are and what they, what their goals are. And, you know, afterward, uh, a Hamas leader goes on TV in London and says, we will do this again and again and again and again until every last Jew is dead. Um, and and by the way, that same leader three years ago said, you know, don't think that this is only about Israel. We will take over the entire world. All the world will submit to Islam. And he means his brand of Islam. He doesn't mean the Islam of your next door neighbor, you know, who, who right. this you radical know, mows your lawn. When you, yeah. Bart, I don't yeah, want to cut you off. Uh, I just want to make sure people know how to get your work. And we have about a minute or 45 seconds left. Let everybody know how they could find you and how they could uh, take a look at some of the work you're doing. Um, well, the easiest way is to go on Twitter. I'm at B Marcois on Twitter. That's B-M-A-R-T-O-I-S at Twitter. Um, and I very cleverly just tweeted something at you so if they go to your page oh, nice they will they will see my my twitter and they'll, i tweeted well, the sir, article let me tell you thank you bart you are a gentleman a scholar and a patriot folks check out my twitter page check out his as well make sure you give him a follow check out his work and bart thanks for being with us folks when we come back we're talking about music don't go anywhere i'm rich valdez She's a singer-songwriter, and that's uh, from her latest studio album, American Patriot. Uh, she's got a new hit single as well, Trump One. The track you heard is Party People. Uh, Natasha Owens, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. 
So tell us a little bit about what inspired you to make uh, an album that talked about what's going on in the world culturally and politically. Well, you know, I did a patriotic album a couple years ago and um, got a little bit of flack in Nashville. The, the Christians definitely uh, in Nashville in the contemporary Christian market pushed back against me. And uh, I just kind of veered in, in the political world and said, you know what, I need to stand up for truth, biblical principles, and put a spotlight on topics that we're not allowed to talk about or we've been censored. I wanted to give words back to the people. So we have done one single after the next um, over th this past year that's going to go on an album uh, called Trump One in the spring. And um, I hope people enjoy it. We're, we're hitting topics like the rhinos and party people calling out the uniparty. And um, we're hitting topics like election integrity and Trump won and um, the Second Amendment as well. Now, why, why would the um, contemporary Christian folks uh, take exception? Was it because they felt it was too third rail, too political, or some other reason? So in Nashville, the atmosphere there, it's not as much in country, but in contemporary Christian, it's very progressive, very liberal. I call it very woke at times. Um, and they're able to hide it because they, you don't have a lot of press around contemporary Christian artists, so they can be one thing on the stage and one thing off in how they believe in their biblical or political beliefs. So um, we were a part of President Trump's faith initiative team his last three years of, in office, and that's what crossed my path in politics. I, I had no idea about doing a patriotic album that it would cause waves, but the one song that they that made it come to a boiling point was I put a song on that patriotic album called stand for life. It's a pro-life yeah. song. And they said I was too pro-life. I could offend someone. Um, the Christian world is very afraid to offend, to upset the apple cart. They think they can sit on the fence and not take a stand when it comes to good and evil these days. And so you wouldn't think that a pro-life song would get me kicked out of contemporary Christian, but that's what did it. So I kind of got mad at an industry that wouldn't stand up for life. So I veered very hard uh, into the political route. And just the next song that we came out with was Trump One. Outstanding, which completely folks. blew up my career in Nashville. They, they, I, I can't go back because they, they, they hate Trump. You've been blacklisted Nashville now. For the most part. I sure have. And that's badge of honor. <laughs> folks, we're on with <laughs> Natasha Owens. Uh, singer and songwriter has an album out called Trump One has, uh, excuse me, a, a single out called Trump One, uh, the latest uh, on her album, The American Patriot. And what, what were you just doing um, like regular country music um, before this or did you always have a bent towards uh, cultural political topics? You know what? I have been in the contemporary Christian world for 10 years and after the death of my dad, I downsprouted into a deep depression and wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for God. And so I started walking this path of recovery from his death and from my depression. And every album in Contemporary Christian has been another chapter of my recovery as I've walked this path. Um, it wasn't until probably 2018 that I started veering a little bit towards the political world. Um, we did a song called Stand because New York and Virginia passed a full-term abortion, um, and I had never seen such evil, and the church was silent. So we did a song called Stand to try to motivate them to start pushing back against the right. evil. 
So that that's where my my path started turning in a different direction was 2018. Outstanding. Folks, stick with us. We're coming right back with Natasha Owens. We're going to hear a little bit more about what she's doing, what she's working on, and continue our conversation with her. Plus, it's almost time for Open Phone America, where you get to weigh in on all of the hottest topics in America at night. And the phone number for that, of course, is 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Folks, that's Natasha Owens. Trump won, and you know it. Uh, very catchy, Natasha. Uh, tell us a little bit about obviously the you know it's your view that Trump uh, won, and uh, tell us what inspired you to write a song about that. You know, my husband had been yelling for two years that I needed to sing a song called Trump Won, and I said, "Dave, you're the risk taker. I'm not. I I want to. I'm walking this path of singing patriotic music and." Um, the Star Spangled Banner singing to vets. And I wanted to have a home in Nashville to go back to for ministry, to go back to the Christian genre. And I knew that that would be a nail in the coffin for me. Well, I swung hard that direction when um, I had problems in the industry for doing a pro-life song. And uh, I said, okay, now's the time to do a Trump one song. Um, I believe, you know, we all set up that night of the election. We all saw what happened. Uh, things are just now starting to come out. And I just wanted to put a um, give a voice back to the people on this topic because everybody was censored and taken down on Facebook and social media. And I wanted it to be acknowledged. I wanted it to be talked about and I want it to be fixed. We have to fix our election system. So Trump one came out in March and we had severe tech suppression right off the bat. But we were able to calculate within days um, over 100 million people saw it. It went number one. It went platinum. And I'm very thankful for for the song. It's an earworm that just sticks with you and you can't get it out of your head. Yeah, that's fantastic. And um, what were, you know, some I, I went platinum. You did a lot. What was, uh, I guess, the, the biggest surprise on the journey with that single? You know, I never thought we would get past big tech. Um, the, the wire, the press desk, they wouldn't, they wouldn't allow press releases to go out. I really didn't think that we could get it out beyond our little bubble. Um, so it was shocking and to see it go, it went viral on TikTok to see within a day, 30,000 people are doing videos with it. And, um, you know, we had people who were doing harp covers, harmonica covers, um, it was amazing to see the excitement um, and the people all around the world, not just in the United States, but in the Netherlands and in um, and in Russia and in Germany, reach out and say, 
we're fighting for you. We know that he should have won, and and you guys are the beacon on top of the hill. Do not let that light go out. So I, it was it was very cool to see how fast it, it spread. Outstanding. Now, what are some of the projects you've got coming up? What can people expect to hear from you? You know, all of these singles that we've put out this past year, we're putting them on a full album called Trump One that's going to come out um, April end of April, first part of May. And um, we, we cover topics like the Second Amendment. We cover, um, of course, the Trump one and the Party People song. We're going to have a song on there called Blessed is the, is the Nation, which is a little bit of Christian influence. It's from Psalms uh, 91. It just says, Blessed is the nation whose God is our Lord. Um, so we, we're still writing this. We're going to hit the two-gender topic because that's biblical and that's truth and that's something I want to talk about. Um, and just put it, put a light on it. Um, so you're, you're going to, you're going to see some surprises. We've got two more songs to write and that, that album will be done very shortly. Outstanding folks. We're on with Natasha Owens coming back. We're going to learn how to get in touch with her, keep up to speed with her on social and how you can get this music yourself. Don't go anywhere. This is America at night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. stand before you with a very simple promise. Your Second Amendment will always be safe with me as your president. When I'm back in the Oval Office, no one will lay a finger on your firearms. It's not going to happen. That's President Trump tonight speaking at the uh, NRA conference and saying, you heard him, nobody's touching your guns. Uh, Natasha Owens, the singer-songwriter, is with us, and um, she's got a song on the Second Amendment on her latest album, American Patriot. Natasha, what do you think of what President Trump just said? I think it's amazing. You know, I live in the state of Texas, and we are being absolutely invaded. It it affects our everyday lives here. And um, we've got crime in our major cities going to an all-time high, murders going to an all-time high. Right now is not the time to disarm the people, right? Ronald Reagan said it best when he said, um, you have to be afraid when the government comes with a solution. Well, you know, they're not talking about the open border. They're not talking about the crime. They're not talking about the DAs being soft on crime. All they want to do is come for the law-abiding citizens who, who have guns to protect their family and, and their property. And we have every right to do that. That's a God-given right, according to our founding fathers and our constitution. So we wrote a song called the second protects the first, because I wanted to highlight that particular topic. I don't think people realize that we do not have any freedom at all. Nothing in the, in the first amendment. Um, if we do not have our guns, that's what secures it. And president Trump knows that. And I thank him for that. 
Now, tell us about the uh, the song that you've written uh, with respect to the Second Amendment. When did it come out, and uh, what's it called? It came out three months ago, and it's called The Second Protects the First. And go to uh, YouTube or Rumble or my um, website, NatashaOwensMusic.com, and the song is really cool, I think, but I think you will really appreciate the music video. We have, I've got a friend who is a, um, on the U.S. shooting team and is a international superstar. She was in it with me. She has the same personality as me. I'm very, um, I'm very girly and I, and I love nice and blingy things, but I'm also very tomboyish too. So I had like a, we're on top of a Hummer shooting a 50 cal. I have the state of Texas bling ear, um, uh, ear guards are, are, are earphones. And mm-hmm. um, I had a big gala dress, which is fancy and girly with combat boots on and a gun strap to my leg. So I think, I think you will find it very humorous. And <laughs> I hope that it visually um, kind of hits my point home when you see it. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, Natasha, I want to thank you for, for joining us tonight and let everybody know how they can find you with um, social media and on the web. A great platform is NatashaOwensMusic.com. You can find I'm, I'm on every social media platform, including Truth. Um, but go to NatashaOwensMusic.com. It will show you tour schedules, merch, and it also has two things on there. There's a link if you're not registered to vote. Please do that. Um, that is something that is a God-given right, and we need, we need everybody's help this election. And there's also a place on the very front landing page. I'm doing a party people song for every aversion for every state. I need to know who the rhinos are in your state. So if you'll fill that out, let me know. Then pretty soon you'll be able to go to your state and hit party people, Arkansas, party people, California, whatever your state is, and uh, identify who, who the Republicans and name only are. Outstanding. Uh, and for folks who want to get your record, do they just go to wherever they get music, or is there a specific place? So if you want physical product, go to my website, NatashaOwensMusic.com. If you, anywhere you stream or buy music, it is on all platforms. You can find me there. Outstanding. Well, Natasha, thank you for everything that you're doing. You are a, a gentlewoman, a scholar, and a patriot, and I appreciate you being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. God bless you guys. God bless. Now, we've talked about a number of things tonight, and of course, we're going to get ready to go into Open Phone America shortly. If you want to join the conversation, the phone number is 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. But I wanted to um, circle back a little bit and talk about some news. Because again, I'm still a little... uh, Still a little PO'd, if you will, by this 15-year-old illegal immigrant who shot a tourist and almost shot a cop in Times Square in a robbery gone wrong. I think this is a huge problem, right? It's a huge problem in our country. And again, we're just seeing what's being reported, what's making the news, what's making a national headline. But there's a lot of stuff that goes unreported. And something else I wanted to talk about, not um, not a happy topic, but something uh, is necessary to talk about is the five Marines that were killed in a helicopter crash in San Diego's East County. They've been identified, and uh, you know, I want to give a word of condolence uh, to, to their families, of course, a word of thanks to each and every one of them for giving their lives um, you know, while they were in service to this country. And um, 
the United States Marine Corps identified the five Marines who were killed after the helicopter uh, crash this Tuesday in San Diego as Lance Corporal Donovan Davis, 21 years old, of Olaf, Kansas. He was uh, helicopter crew chief. Sergeant Alec Langan. Uh, for, by the way, um, Lance Corporal Davis was 21 years old. Sergeant Alec Langan is 23 years old. Chandler, Arizona is where he resides. Uh, he's also a helicopter crew chief. <clears throat> Captain Benjamin Moulton, 27 years old from Emmett, Idaho. Helicopter pilot. Captain Jack Casey, 26 years old from Dover, New Hampshire. Helicopter pilot. Captain Miguel Nava, 28 years old from Traverse City, Michigan. A helicopter pilot. These heroes, in my opinion, um, they they deserve, you know, obviously our thanks, our gratitude, and a, a responsive government. And it's uh, it's my hope that moving forward, we'll do better, right? the the uh, The United States will will be better, and I don't mean with respect to their uh, horrific incident, but just respect with respect to the country. Right. And the situation that we're in as a nation. And I can't imagine how we move forward with policies like the ones we have. I can't imagine how we move forward with the disheveled, disorganized, almost sabotage ridden uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. Foreign policy that. Not, not only leaves much to be desired, but is reckless, in my opinion, and promotes more conflict. This country, these five Marines, each and every one of you listening, everybody here deserves a lot better than that. And that's why I think we have to make a critical choice this, not only this November, but I'm sure before that we're going to be faced with a lot of choices. And we've got to make those choices and we've got to bring a few people with us. There's no way that we do it alone. Right. Your vote will count, but not as much as your vote, plus three or four of your friends in the backseat of your car driving to Election Day. So just keep that in the back of your mind that this year, everybody needs you to be an activist. This year, everybody needs you to be a podcaster. This year, everybody needs you to write letters this year. All of the above. Right. Just be them all. Be everything that you can be so that you can uh, cast a vote that will hopefully make a difference in the future of our country so that we can continue to do what we do right try to make money try to raise our families try to take a couple of good vacations a year if it's possible i think that's uh, what everybody's trying to do it used to be called the american dream anyway folks the music means uh, we're going to take a pause we're coming right back hour number three open phone america 833-4825-337-833-4 valdez looking forward to having a very fun conversation with you guys on a friday night on America at night with me, Rich Valdez. Open Phone America starts now. Live from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night 
with Rich Valdez, America's favorite late-night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Welcome to the Friday night edition of the program, and I'm with you till 1 a.m. Eastern time. This is our number three, our number three. We call it Open Phone America. That's where you guys get to call in. Of course, the phone number is 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And a couple of things I want to talk about tonight. We talked about a lot, and I got a bunch of... Um, news items. However, um, there was an Iranian leader kicked off of a Facebook and Instagram page. That's a first, right? You rarely see that. We'll get into that maybe a little bit later. It's kind of a funny story. We talked about uh, the the death of the Marines killed in the helicopter crash. And, uh, of course, a uh, big word of thanks and condolences to, to those heroes. I also want to talk about a funny story about a radio station in Alabama, not one of the affiliates that carries this program, so uh, thankful for that, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, everything we talked about on the program so far this evening, whether it's a country music and Christian music star that uh, did a Trump album, or Bart Marcois, who was a former diplomat for the United States, talking about some of the atrocities that he's uh, seen in the Middle East, as well as... It's the Super Bowl this weekend, right? And uh, what's her name again? Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift uh, uh, reportedly will be okay because Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas was in, where was it? Las Vegas. And he was giving a press conference. Let's see if we have that audio clip lined up to just hear that again. I think I played it yesterday. I played it a couple hours ago. But it, it, it's funny to me because he goes to Las Vegas to say that, you know what? Everything is all secure. Meanwhile, we have a border, uh, you know, Texas border, Arizona border, for the most part, wide open. Even if there's a fence and some border patrol agents, apparently the border patrol agents have been given a new assignment. And instead of being border agents, they are travel agents. And we're just seeing more and more people come in, including this 15-year-old illegal immigrant that came and shot a tourist, pointed the gun at a cop, in this robbery that went wrong in Times Square in New York City. So do we need more of that? Absolutely not. And, of course, we're going to answer your calls and more. But I want you to hear what Alejandro Mayorkas had to say. Have you seen any additional threats, any credible threats, that are related to Taylor Swift? We uh, are extraordinarily vigilant when we bring 65,000 people together in a stadium, when we have 330,000 people visiting a city, for a major sporting event, and when we have millions of people around the world watching it. Our priority is the safety and security of everyone in attendance, and that is what we are focused upon. And when there's an additional celebrity who will bring more attention, we are already at a heightened state of vigilance and fulfilling our responsibility just as we do every single day. So this is what's going on with uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, keeping the Super Bowl safe. Thank God for him. Uh, the border doesn't get any security and safety, but of course the Super Bowl does. So thank God for the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, keeping things safe. 
Anyway, I want to get your thoughts on this and everything else because it's just out of control, in my opinion, as well as everything else you guys want to, you know, um, discuss tonight. Uh, like I said, we have a number of things that are on the table tonight. And let's uh, let's go to the phones. I see we have calls from Idaho, from Delaware, from New York, from Missouri, and from Montana. Uh, we're going to start off with Jim in Kansas City, Missouri, listening online to our aff- affiliate in Phoenix, KFNX. Jim, welcome to the program. I'm Rich Valdez. Thank you, Rich. Uh, liberty-loving Latino. <laughs> That's right? me. That's me. Now, Jim, let me ask you, what do you think about uh, the safety and security of Taylor Swift at this weekend Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, it remind, as you were just saying that, it reminds me of uh, like the one amigo, wherever there is injustice, you will find. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's crazy <laughs> to think that this is going on. It really is. And I'm sorry. I know you wanted to say something about something. So go right ahead. Well, um, I, you, you were saying just recently that you're, you like your show to inform people. And so uh, not to take anything away from anyone um, or that it's indicative of anything, but I just wanted to set the record straight about Mount Laguna. Um, and who knows, maybe their helicopter got blown off path or something, but right. Mount Laguna isn't anywhere near on a straight line between Las Vegas and NAS Miramar. NAS Miramar is about 40, at least 40 miles northwest of Mount Laguna, as I know it. So, um, Do you I, think there's I, I foul play? Are you suspecting that there was uh, uh, some sort of fighting going on? I don't know. I uh, I have no idea. I, you know, I mean, I can't imagine the tape. I, no, I, no. I mean, I don't know. I just I just wanted to say that just to, you know, to sort of like contribute something to the conversation that, that right. if you look on a map. Right, saying see, it, it just it sounds fishy, you're saying. And plus, I mean, if you're trying to get to NAS Miramar from Las Vegas, why would you go over Mount Laguna? Yeah, I don't know. I've never I've never flown a helicopter. So <laughs> what, what could I tell you? But uh, I, I see your point. You're saying it just doesn't make sense to you. And, you know, that's how things start. Uh, sometimes things don't make sense and we can make sense of them. And sometimes things don't make sense. And we, we come to the conclusion that it may not be accurate. So, you know, we, we don't know. What I do know is that these people, at least as far as I know, it's been reported that they've lost their lives. And, and that's incredibly unfortunate. And I, you know, I, for, for one, I think it's, it's terrible that they did. And if there is some sort of foul play, and I'm not suggesting that there is, but if there is, uh, I hope that we get to the bottom of it in a very timely manner, because, you know, that's, that's what we're supposed to do, right? We got to do the right thing. Jim, thank you for your call. Big shout out to you in Kansas city, Missouri, and listening online to our Phoenix affiliate KFNX great station, by the way. Uh, I was on their morning show not too long ago, and it was a really good time. Uh, Let us continue. Let's go to Tampa, Florida, WWTK. Uh, Check in with Eduardo. Eduardo, I'm Rich. How are you, brother? Welcome back. Yeah, thank you, Rich. Yeah, I was going to comment about the uh, other crime that's also happening, not just besides the migrants, and that is the... uh, your regular American uh, committing uh, car thefts and retail theft. Uh, I heard that um, a couple of things in one week, 
they stole almost like 500 cars in Chicago. And Oakland has a crime out of control. They're about to send in the National Guard. That mayor is going to be recalled. So that's going to be interesting what happens over there. Yeah, it, so- it sounds very interesting. And they should. Uh, you know, it's, California is interesting like that, where they go really hard left. But every now and again, they'll recall people like uh, Keza Boudin, uh, like uh, the governor some years back. And now they're talking about another recall. Good for them. Uh, it's great that they are ha- they have the ability to do a recall election. Not everybody does. That's cool. And I'm glad that they do it. It also shows me that even those on the radical left, uh, for the most part, you know, remain on the radical left. But every now and again, in a small minority of the time, they uh, they get it right. And they go, you know what? This person's got to go. And and I'm glad that even if it's just a small minority of the time that they actually get it right, because that's what you got to do when you're when you're in bad shape like this. You go ahead and uh, you send in the National Guard. You know, my brother was born in Puerto Rico and then came back to Brooklyn and then went back to Puerto Rico again, like I think at 18, 19 years old. And he stayed out there for a couple of years. And I remember when he came back, he was, you know, telling me about it. And he was saying, man, the there's like zero cops and you you need back. And this is back in the 80s. Uh, and he said, you, you, you know, it's a lot of crime and they, there's National gra- uh, Guard on the ground to, to help keep the peace because it's it's crazy. And I thought, wow, that, that is crazy. And, you know, we've seen it in natural disasters or where there's looting and stuff like that. That used to be how you handle those things. But now, oh, no, now people say, no, 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 you know what? We're, we're just going to let everybody have a free-for-all, right? You get to break things. You get to loot things. And, you know, we just uh, we turn a blind eye to too much, in my opinion. So I think that's the right thing to do is send it in the National Guard. Anyway, uh, Eduardo, thank you for your call, brother, in Tampa, Florida, WWTK. I'm hoping to be in the Tampa area soon. Uh, so big shout-out to WWTK. And uh, we're going to continue with the rest of your calls and more straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. is America. This is night. This is Rich Valdez. Call now 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back, amigos, and we continue our discussion on everything that's going on in America at night. Join us at 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. Let's go to Aubrey calling from Enterprise, Alabama on WDBT. Aubrey, go right ahead. You're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome. I hear you a little bit. Let's put Aubrey on hold, see if we can get a, a better line. Uh, it was tough to hear. It was kind of choppy there. Uh, let's continue the conversation. Let's see. Where do we go? Let's try to go in order of appearance. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. 
go to Dave, Cherry Point, North Carolina, WTKF. Go right ahead. Hey, Rich. Uh, I heard the caller earlier, and, you know, before there's any speculation, wait for the mishap report to come out. Let's focus on the fact that five Marines right. were lost. Part of Amen. the reason they could have been out there is because coming down out of there, if they had, if they had flown an in, inboard route, uh, you know, over as heavily populated as Southern California has become, they could have, I mean, they could have just followed Interstate 15 down. Um, and the reason for not doing that is you don't know what their mission was. You don't know what the air traffic situation was, but we do know that there was really bad weather. So if they put them down inboard on the eastern side of those hills, they probably had a little bit better weather to deal with there. And then that way, if, if the weather was too bad for them, they could have vectored them down into the Marine Corps Station at Yuma and put them down there for the night. So, I mean, you know, there's a million variables that can come into play. Yeah, listen, I, I agree with you 100% on that one. Uh, I've never flown a... You know, I've never piloted a helicopter. I've been in a helicopter before, and it was pretty cool. But, um, you know, it was a beautiful day, and I can't imagine what it, it's like in difficult weather uh, with limited visibility. It's definitely not an airplane, right? Airplanes fly themselves in in the bad weather. Uh, that's I don't think that's necessarily the case with a helicopter. Uh, so, Dave, very good point. Big shout-out to everybody on WTKF, Cherry Point, North Carolina, in the building Great to talk to you. Happy, uh, happy Super Bowl weekend. And uh, let's see, where do we go? We continue. We go to Al. Al's calling from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. WRNN. Al, what's on your mind? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I'd yes, like to talk about the Biden puppet. Go right ahead. We don't need another. We don't need another four years of Obama. Biden can't do anything for himself. He can't, he can't change anything. Obama's yeah. been trying to change things for years. We don't need a fourth term. I, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm not in disagreement at all. I think that's exactly what, um, what a lot of people are concerned about, where people are saying, you know, we, um, we, don't, we don't need it. We don't need it. We don't want it. And that's it. Like, we're done here. We are absolutely done here. So, yeah, I agree with you. Now, what do you think is the trajectory here? Do you think Biden is replaced at the Democrat convention? Do you think Biden just says, you know what? Uh, they said they didn't prosecute me because of my memory. And uh, I forgot to tell you that I have a really good memory. And I forgot this. and I forgot that. And, uh, uh, you, you know, the thing. And uh, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. And, you know, something crazy. Where, and he just says, you know, I'm not running for president. I'm running away from all of you. And you think he just drops out? What do you think happens? Oh, they're going to replace him. They're going to try to replace him, Michelle Obama. Who do you think is going to run the show? Yeah, I, I honestly don't think Michelle Obama wants to serve in a public uh, office. Uh, I, I can't imagine why she would. Uh, but but again, um, you know, maybe that's short sighted of me, right? It might be a myopic view to think that she doesn't want to be president of the United States if she has a chance to be. And uh, clearly, she, I think, she'd have a, a shot, right? She's a very a very popular person that you know, commands a, a lot of authority. And I think she could put together an operation very quickly. Um, if that were actually going to happen, I don't know if it is or isn't. She made some, uh, some appearances on, on a number of podcasts recently. So some people are speculating that that is in fact the case. I don't know. 
Uh, we will have to wait and see. Uh, Al, I hope that you have a great weekend and a super Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, I appreciate it. Let's go now to Montana. Evergreen, Montana. Check in with Frank, our buddy Frank from Evergreen, Montana, listening on KOFI. Frank, what's on your mind, sir? Hi, Rich. Uh, I just want to, I've got three questions here. Yeah. Is Joe Biden, is Joe Biden an example of a typical, normal, older, psychic medium walk away from a sanitarium who regularly yeah. talks to deceased people? Or is it something that he possibly eats that has affected his sense of time and reality? Joe Biden has been known to regularly order lunch from a fast food burger chain in Washington, D.C., known as Ghost Burgers. Typically ordering a double bacon cheeseburger with fries with nothing to drink it down with. Question, should the Secret Service for exorcism purposes be required to carry squirt guns loaded with papal, Roman, Catholic, holy water? Of course, you can buy this at... You can buy holy water from Walmart uh, online, but uh, it's pretty expensive. But uh, yeah, Yeah, I hear you, Frank. You're a choppy getting in and out there. I don't know about holy water and a squirt gun. Doesn't sound like a horrible idea, especially if you're going to be in Washington D.C. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't know. I think Biden again suffers a lot from the open um, uh, brain surgery that he's had twice in his life. And just never really recovered from it. And then you mix that with a bunch of plastic surgery. Guy doesn't even look like a shell of himself anymore. And I think that's where where it ends for him. Uh, but thank you, Frank. I appreciate it. Big shout to Frank in Evergreen, Montana on KOFI. And we're coming back to the rest of your calls and more before we wrap this thing up at 1 a.m. The number 833-482-5337. 8334-VALDEZ if you want to chime in. Of course, you can always check in on the social media. And I want to encourage you, always listen to the podcast. If you've missed it, if, if you miss it, <laughs> if you've missed any of our interviews, um, this week we had a bunch of them. We had some great legal analysis uh, verse, with respect to not just the uh, documents case, but also Trump's case in the Supreme Court about uh, presidential immunity and getting back on the Colorado ballot. So uh, tune in for those as well at richvaldezamericaatnight.com, richvaldezamericaatnight.com. Don't go anywhere, folks. More to come straight ahead. a budding radio star, by the way. Richie Valdez is terrific. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. We continue. Uh, let us... Go to Linda in Albany, New York, WGDJ. Linda, go right ahead. Oh, thank you. Uh, first, Rich, I wanted to thank you for the having the man on about what was going on in Israel. Reminding oh, yes, Bart Markois. He's a uh, former diplomat yes. for the United States. 
And um, I also wanted to uh, mention on the helicopter, the gentleman that called, I wondered myself why they weren't able to locate it uh, more quickly. Uh, phones have the pingers on them. I would assume there should have been something that they could have traced quicker. You know what? That's a very good point. I don't know much about that. Like I said, I've only uh, been on a helicopter once and I was a passenger on it and uh, I was scared half the time. Then I was like, man, this is cool. <laughs> and then it was landing already. It was a very short trip, probably 15 or 20 minutes. But um, it was a, it was a blast. It was a blast. And, I, you know, after I was like, yeah, how much is one of these? Can I get one of these? I want one of these. It just seemed really cool. And um, I'm going to find out for you if I can, because I think it's a good question. And overall, I'd like to learn more about that whole process. So, Linda, thank you. I appreciate your compliment. And uh, I think you're right. We need to shed more light on what's going on in Israel with uh, from people who really know what's going on. Uh, Linda in Albany, New York, WGDJ. Have a great weekend. I hope you enjoy the big game. Uh, let's go back to Aubrey. Hopefully uh, the phone works out this time. Aubrey's in Enterprise, Alabama, WDBT. Aubrey, go right ahead. You're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome. Hey, Mr. Valdez. So I am a helicopter pilot here. I'm in the Army. Uh, I just wanted to put my two cents in. First cool. Off, Thanks for your with, service. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, blue skies to the brothers that were lost. Uh, it's very unfortunate. You know, you think about that every time you go up and fly, but hope it's not you. But, um, you know, I, well, my, my personal opinion is uh, there's this thing called spatial disorientation. When you get into thick weather, it, it's like flying through a glass of milk. And when you lose your uh, oh, yeah, reference you can't see. To, the, to the earth, yeah, when you lose your reference to the earth, and I've done it a few times, uh, you've got to rely on your instruments. And I, I, I've I personally believe that that's what happened. Uh, they they punched into some bad weather and wasn't expecting it. Uh, again, called inadvertent IMC. Uh, you can look it up. But um, yeah, that's just my two cents on that uh, my, that whole situation. It's it's not fun, but uh, you should definitely get a helicopter. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with that. If I could afford one, what, what does a helicopter cost? Oh, the, I fly the Blackhawk, and it's uh, oh somewhere between fifteen and twenty million. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, I don't think I'm getting a Blackhawk. But if I could find me a, a 1970, uh, like the ones that you saw in Mash, maybe I'll get one of those. Uh, the one that looks like a little bubble with the little tailspin on the back. But yeah, I think it would be really cool. Uh, and I hope, uh, hopefully, it could be a thing one day. But I think it's out of reach for now. Aubrey, uh, great analysis, and I appreciate it. Again, Godspeed to you. Thank you for your service. Thanks for calling the show. I appreciate it. Big shout out to Aubrey in Enterprise, Alabama, WDBT. And I'm going to pause right here. We're going to come back with your calls and more. Don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S.
voted best head of hair in live late night radio six years in a row. It's Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. And so guess what? A little Googling during the break, and guess what happens? I can be the proud owner of a 1999 or 2000-some-odd rotorway exec, like short for executive, 162F piston helicopter for the lovely price of, listen to this, drumroll, it's not a Blackhawk. It's a rotorway, and they're asking for fifty five thousand bucks. I saw one for forty five thousand and another one for eighty thousand. So for the price of a nice nice car, you can have a helicopter. Now, of course, you got to get I guess a pilot's license and whatnot and pay to store it in a hangar somewhere. But I didn't know that this could eventually be a hobby. We may have discovered something here, America, so let me know a if you think I should do it and B. Uh, if you have one, if you have a helicopter and, and uh, you, you know, you take it out on the weekends like some people take out their Corvette, I would love to know about that because I'm fascinated by this right now. I'm almost ready to go. So let's go to the calls. Uh, I want to go to our buddy Doc. He's in Wilmington, Delaware. Doc, should I buy a helicopter? Yes, you should. Amen to that. I love that. That would this make guy. you unique into all of talk radio. You yeah. would buy the, my Liberty Loving Latino Amigo of the Air. <laughs> that would be. I'm literally in the air, not on the I, air. I, 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 I'll digress for a moment about who you, you, you would you would uh, replicate. Before you were born, there was mm-hmm. a show in the 50s and 60s with a, with a guy in the skies of the southwest of the United States who solved crimes with his with his niece Penny. His his show was his name was Sky King. He flew a twin engine Cessna triple prop aircraft or twin cool. engine Cessna piston prop aircraft. Penny was also like a sidekick to Maxwell Smart, no. Yeah, well, he, he was he was Sky King. She called him Sky. He flew with his niece Penny, female niece Penny. And they solved crimes together all over the southwest of the United States and the western United States. And you could be like that, except <laughs> that you could broadcast. You could see these in the air and broadcast better. Yeah, yeah, we'll do America um, at night from from different places, and I'll fly to them. That's very cool, actually. I, I'd love that idea. Uh, that's awesome good. Thank you, Doc. You're, you're now a part of the production team. Tell me what's going on in Wilmington, Delaware, on WDEL. Well... A lot, of, a lot of gossip about President Biden in Delaware. Yeah, well, I know you get it. He uh, lives a stone's throw away from you, Doc. I do. I do. I do. And, um, and a lot of gossip about his health and, 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 and the watering holes of Delaware. <laughs> really? How can it be gossip? I hear him on the news every day. It's proof. The guy's lost. The Department of Justice yesterday said that they declined to prosecute uh, because they felt that his memory was impaired and that, you know, in effect, they're saying if he was committing a crime, he must have forgotten he was doing it. Yes, and that's serious. I mm-hmm. think what's going to happen is this. I've said this before on your show, and I'll say it again. But I don't want to repeat myself too many times for thinking you're, you're thinking I'm a broken record. Um, I think that he and Vice President Harris are going to get a golden package of, 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 from a couple of big big wig donors on Wall Street to take a hike. 
I think your ticket is going to be Gavin Newsom and Michelle Obama for the election on the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, and I think that on the Republican side, of course, it's going to be President Trump unless we have a constitutional crisis. Who do you think Trump picks as a VP? Yeah, I hear that. Who do you think Trump picks as a running mate? Right now, Nikki Nikki Haley would have been Really? After all the fighting? Hang on. No, she's just trumped so many times she's out of the running. I think he's going to pick Ron DeSantis. Huh. But DeSantis, I think, has indicated he wouldn't leave for VP. So if he says no, what do you think? If he says no, it's going to be someone like Christy Noem. My outside choice for VP would be, don't laugh, Tim Scott of South Carolina. Yeah, I think, well, I think Tim Scott is angling for that, and Trump seems to be open to it. He's on the trail with him for sure. Um, I think um, very possible, very doable. It doesn't seem far-fetched to me. Um, good and then analysis. We have, have a minority ahead, as the vice president pick, which would be great. Yeah, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. And again, not just for the sake of minority. I think Tim Scott, I mean, not the most conservative um, Republican, but for the most part, a very relatively solid guy. I think there's a couple of issues where, you know, he's very McConnell-like or, or too friendly towards McConnell. But outside of that, um, seems like a heck of a nice guy and, and a really good American. Well, Doc, I want to thank you for your call. I'm going to take a quick pause in a moment, uh, and then we're going to come back and wrap this puppy up. Uh, but before we do, let's check in with one more. Uh, let's see, where do we go? We've got Paul calling from Boise, Idaho, listening to Rich Valdez, AmericaAtNight.com. Paul, go right ahead. Thanks for taking my call, Rich. Um, Valdez with an S. Valdez with an S, yes. Yes, yes. What I'd like to say is you're a gentleman, a scholar, a patriot, well, thank you. He's also a future, future helicopter pilot. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. That would be an amazing yeah. hobby, and I'd love that. Yeah, I just wanted to briefly touch on something. You know, when <clears throat> right after they raided, they raided Trump's place at Mar-a-Lago for the documents, they decided they better check around Joe's place and every other little haunt that he had where he could hide some. And it just, it threw me for a complete loop when I realized what they said, that they were going to let his attorneys and not the FBI go around and gather them all up. Now, I I can't tell you what through my head, and it's still going through my head. And now they say that they're not going to prosecute anything about that. It just, I don't get it. He's he's able to walk scot-free away from all that. Yeah, well, apparently anyway, he forgot. That's, that's his memory's no good. He's a little old and his memory's not good. So we just got to let him get away with it. Next time you get into a speeding ticket, you get into anything, just say, oh, my gosh, I'm old. I forgot. And see if, see if it works for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try it. I have a feeling it's not going to work. Yeah. Okay, Unbelievable. Thanks. Thank you, brother. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the big game. Uh, we'll, we'll touch base again Monday. I'm going to get to the rest of your calls and more straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. Is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S.
No hair, no care, and live on the air, it's Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, I know a lot of you are really concerned about the safety and well-being of Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Rest assured, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas says she's going to be okay, A-OK. And uh, what I want to encourage you guys to do is to uh, do two things. One is to subscribe to the podcast of this radio show, Rich Valdez, America at Night. If you listen to podcasts, go ahead and do that. If you don't listen to podcasts, you could still do that uh, because perfect, you know, why not? Uh, no harm, no foul. Uh, but I also want you to subscribe to This Is America with Rich Valdez. That's a uh, shorter podcast that I've been doing for a number of years. Uh, straight commentary. Uh, sometimes I bring guests, but rarely guests. Just my thoughts on a bunch of different things that are happening in America, whether it's news stories or larger topics like communism or stuff like that. And um, took a little hiatus for the holidays, uh, both for for um, December and January. We're going to kicking it back into gear uh, now in February. So you'll get a new episode very, very soon this week coming up. And I wanted you to uh, remember to subscribe to those. Now I want to hit the phones. Let's go 833-4825-337-833-4 Valdez. Daniel, Houston, Texas, KYST on Patriot Talk 920. Daniel, you're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome. Hey, Rich, thank you for taking my call. Uh, real quick, Pleasure. I just wanted to say, since they're uh, giving Brandon presidential immunity, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. on his documents case, doesn't that mean <laughs> that Trump should have it on his, I think it's the Georgia case, that the presidential immunity That's a great is? point. And you know what, Daniel, I think what really needs to happen here is that Trump needs to come out swinging and say, Listen, everybody, they said that I caused an insurrection. They said that I uh, was on the ballot. They said that I threatened Brad Raffensperger to find me votes. They said this. They, whatever it is they're charging him with, he should just say, listen, guys, I forgot. I forgot. And, and he can have the same type of immunity Biden, right? Be like, we're almost the same age. I've also forgotten. That's it. Uh, I don't think it's going to work for him, though. Do you? I don't, I don't think so, but I do love your your uh, impersonation impersonation <laughs> of him there. Now, let me ask you, Daniel. I know that there's a lot of people uh, making the suggestion or have the belief or handicapping the 2024 race on the Democrat side, saying that they believe that Michelle Obama is going to enter the arena with with uh, Gavin Newsom as a vice presidential uh, running mate. I don't believe that to be the case, and maybe I'll be wrong. You know, they don't—they didn't put me here because of my outstanding political savvy, right? So I don't even work in politics anymore. <laughs> I work in radio, but uh, I think they brought me here just because you know I'll stay up late enough to do the show. But uh, really, do you think that Michelle Obama comes in uh, in in the tail end of the Democrat National Convention, or does Biden see this thing through for Trump uh, v. Biden Part Two? To be honest with you, I don't know. I don't see her coming in because I think everybody would realize that it's a desperate, an act of desperation on part of the Democrats. Uh, so, I mean, they, they might get that desperate to try and have her come in, but I don't see her actually coming in because I don't think she would have the support 
yeah, there's a lot of people that, that want to raise her banner and, you know, just like Clinton did. But you see where Clinton ended up, and I think it would be the same situation. Yeah, I hear you. And how's the weather in Houston? I'm thinking of coming to visit you guys at KYST, uh, the Patriot Talk 920. Um, as long as the weather's good, what's the weather like in Houston? Uh, it Right now, it's warm. It's going to be wet this weekend, but next week, during the week, it's supposed to turn back sunny. It's been running 60, 70, almost up 80 degrees most days. So That's beautiful. Now, if, you, if, you can, if you can handle the humidity... I will say you will find some of that. So, Well, the good news is I don't have any hair, so I won't have a bad hair day, right? <laughs> That's the good news. Daniel, thank you for your call, my friend. I appreciate it. And um, have a great weekend. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday and watching the big game and everything else that's going on. And, of course, we're going to bring you, you know, whatever whatever wisecracks I have about the Super Bowl, my uh, – Remarks about whatever wardrobe malfunction happens on Sunday. I'm going to a Super Bowl party. It'll be on the television. Uh, it's with a bunch of my friends that actually like watching sports. And whenever they invite me, I don't know why they invite me. Because whenever I go, they go, hold on a second. Oh, did we invite uh, Rich to listen to him? Or did we invite him to watch the game? And I go, you know how to watch the game. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on in the game. You know, at the end, usually when it gets fourth quarters, when it gets good, right? That's the only time I'll watch one of those games because it's really good. Uh, I just don't have the attention span for it. But uh, I'll be watching the game and I'll be eating the wings and I'll be enjoying myself. I hope you will, too, uh, in this um, cherished American pastime of watching NFL. I know there's a lot of people out there that think that the NFL and and entertainment in America is nothing more than uh, Androcles and the lion's den or Daniel and the lion's den. And I don't know that to be the case. And it might be right. It might be. This is the new Coliseum. This is how the, you know, this is how Caesar keeps us entertained with blood sport. Totally doable. Uh, totally possible as well. I, I don't know, but it works for me. I speaking of blood sport. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good UFC match, right? I am. And, um, if there was a Super Bowl for, for UFC, I, I'd be at it every year. Uh, not always easy to get tickets for those things, though. Anyway, that's it. The music means they're kicking me out of here. It's Friday night. Have a great weekend, America. Until the next time, take care, good night, and God bless. I am Rich Valdez, and this has been a fantastic week uh, on the air. Happy to be here with you. Super grateful. Best listeners in the business. God bless you, America. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.